Welcome to Black and the Black Times Infinity. We have another S-Class interview. I'm your host, Cthulhu's Prodigy. Alongside me, we have Old Ninja Blue and Kronos, and we have a special guest with us, Sam Dietz, director of Netflix Castlevania's series. How are you, fam? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Awesome, awesome. We are so glad to have you on here with us, fam. We're all huge fans of the series. We've all watched it, loved it, and we've got some questions for you. You want to start off? Man? All right, great. Let's let's jump right in. Okay, so how long has the idea of an animated Castlevania series been around, and when did you become interested in this project? Okay, so um, the executive producer Kevin Coldy, he uh, got the rights to do this. Uh, I think twelve years ago now. Wow. Uh, I uh, I remember seeing a couple of years after he had gotten the rights. Uh, when uh, they put up a website with James Jean artwork and announcing that Warren Ellis was involved back in like 2007. And uh, there was some beautiful artwork that was done for it and all this kind of stuff. And me being a, a big Castlevania nerd, I was like every, every day like <laughs> refreshing that site after it went up. Until like, you know, it, uh, you know, nothing was happening. So it became every week and then every month and then every few years I would uh, check to see if it was still up there until eventually it disappeared. Uh, but uh, what had basically happened was uh, uh, they were planning on doing uh, direct-to-DVD releases for it, and uh, the direct-to-DVD market had just uh, died out right around that time. So uh, they uh, ended up shelving it for a bit, and then you know Netflix just was uh, starting to do these Netflix originals and stuff like that, and that's what kind of uh, revived uh, the idea to um, bring it back. Um, I came on board after, uh, funny enough, uh, Adi Shankar, one of the other uh, executive producers on the show, uh, he was talking about, he basically made the announcement that they were uh, uh, getting that going uh, just a few years ago. And uh, <laughs> I just uh, shot an, an IM over to our uh, CEO here at Powerhouse, uh, Brad Graper, saying, um, hey, um, you know, we, sh we should work at on that. <laughs> Not really expecting anything, and uh, somehow he, he uh, got us in contact with them. Uh, we uh, went, flew out and met with uh, Kevin and Addy, and uh, um, I guess made a pretty good impression because we, uh, uh, we've been making it. <laughs> it's like I told you guys over and over again, sliding in the DMs works. Uh, <laughs> yeah. All the evidence you need. It does, it does. <laughs> Yeah. Wow, uh, I'm glad to hear that you're you're actually a fan of the of the game because that's that was actually one of our questions. Um, can you tell us why you focused on uh, on Trevor Belmont instead of Simon? Because or, or some of the others? Because I know I don't even know who Trevor is, and I'm I guess I am a fan of Castlevania, but maybe not that much. So I don't know who this character is. <laughs> well, uh, uh, Trevor was was the uh, main Belmont in uh, Castlevania Three. And uh, the reason why uh, we ended up focusing on uh, him was just because uh, Castlevania III's story and everything that was going on and the fact that it had multiple characters uh, happened to work uh, really well for, uh, uh, you know, a fairly involved story. I mean, you look at the uh, games with uh, Simon, and uh, there isn't a whole lot there. There aren't a lot of other characters and et cetera. But you look back at Castlevania III, and even back then, they had, um, you know, they had already written that uh, uh, Trevor was excommunicated by the church. Uh, they had already written in that Dracula went on a rampage because his uh, his human wife was burned at the stake. Uh, that we had uh, Alucard there, which was Dracula's son, and there's just uh, so much uh, uh, 
there already between all of these uh, uh, different characters and uh, a much more fleshed out uh, portion of the Castlevania lore for us to work with. It just made a lot of sense to uh, uh, jump in there. It's also the uh, um, until Lament, Lament of Innocence, uh, it was the earliest point in the uh, Castlevania timeline, and it's at a pretty good spot in the timeline to to kind of jump in, uh, since it kickstarts a lot of things with a lot of the characters later on. Yeah, it makes the uh, I actually like this story because it makes Dracula kind of likable. Because I'm like, he really yeah. didn't do anything wrong. First of all, they killed his wife, and then he warned him, and they still did. I was like, all right, well, you deserve what's coming. So you know, like his wife's body was still like in embers, and he showed up and, and started wreaking havoc on the town. So yeah, props to Dracula for that. <laughs> wow. Uh, so yeah, I there, there was definitely tension for uh, uh, Dracula to be uh, at least somewhat of a. Uh, sympathetic villain, uh, yeah. and then obviously we set up the fact that you know he's murdering all these people and stuff, and you're like, eh, well, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I feel bad for the baby, but the other ones, <laughs> <laughs> babies are innocent. We'll come back to that in a minute. <laughs> Go ahead, old ninja. Yeah. Uh, so I had a question early on when you were starting this project. Was it ever start conceived to be a live action movie, or has it always been designed to be a animated series? Uh, as far as I know, whenever Kevin Goldie was setting out uh, to uh, make this, it was intended to be an animated uh, uh, series. I know that there was a completely separate thing uh, for trying to make a live-action deal, uh, but uh, that wasn't Kevin's deal. Ke- Kevin Goldie comes from an an- uh, uh, a background in uh, animation, so it made a lot of sense, I think. Quick question, like, uh, this series is only four episodes long. Is that because, was it supposed to be kind of a movie at first, and then it got broken down into a series? And also, will we see um, a season two of Castlevania? Uh, so, the uh, the original intent, like as I, I had mentioned, uh, was to make uh, directed DVDs. And uh, right. so, they were going to be releasing uh, films uh, for the uh, for the series. Um in, in the form of directed DVDs, and the script that the uh, those four episodes uh, uh, was uh, based on was pretty much the original script that Warren Ellis had made uh, back in 2007 uh, that they originally were working with. And uh, so, yeah, it, it was built uh, around being a film at the time, and uh, they edited some things and tweaked some stuff uh, uh, in order to make it into a series and also just, like, clean up some things since it had been, you know, a good 10 years since they last looked at it. Um, but uh, it, that was, uh, that's kind of where it came from. That is uh, uh, how it came about. And so when we came on board, I think that, uh, you know, I, I can't speak for uh, the producers, but I think that, you know, they saw this... Uh, 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 the script that was already made, it was already ready to jump straight into, um, and uh, there wasn't any kind of wait for building up uh, uh, the rest of it. And It makes for a good uh, prologue and all that kind of stuff, and they just wanted to make it in that manner. But I can't exactly speak to what uh, uh, the full intention was. So this series, uh, it's the first ever, at least from my research, animated series based on a video game to get a positive Rotten Tomatoes score, uh, which is huge for us nerds. <laughs> what does that mean to you as, as being so uh, deeply involved in this project? Uh, how do you feel about that accomplishment? Um, honestly, I, I'm I'm blown away and uh, I'm humbled. <laughs> uh, 
when we started, when we were putting it out, we honestly had no idea what to expect. You know, I mean, every other uh, um, video game adaptation hasn't gone over super well. I mean, there's been no. a few that people <laughs> have been Silent Hill and stuff, uh, but it just wasn't uh, something that had, you know, uh, really worked out super well. So, you know, we didn't know if, uh, you know, uh, some of the changes uh, were going to uh, uh, be too much for some fans or if that, you know, the, the portrayal of uh, the characters was going to uh, uh, be, you know, off or anything like that. And we just didn't know what to expect from people uh, uh, seeing this. So, uh, you know, there was, it was terrifying at first to put out the show because, you know, we thought we'd done a, a good job. We worked our hardest and all that kind of stuff. But you just, uh, especially with something like this, you just can't be sure since it is a, you know, a long-running beloved property, uh, how people are going to react. So I am uh, deeply humbled and uh, extremely, extremely happy uh, to be uh, involved with the project and that people are uh, uh, liking it. Uh, it's, it just blows me away how uh, fans have been reacting. Yeah, it's a great animation. Yeah, yeah. So the content is definitely mature for this uh for this Oh, yeah. <laughs> for this series. Um what is what is your favorite violent or graphic scene in the series so far? And I'll I'll tell you mine in a minute. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite uh, violent or graphic scene. Um, well, uh, let's see. I, I don't know if this falls quite into the same category, but I do really like the spot where uh, uh, Trevor redirects the whip and it c curls around and hits uh, Alucard in the side in the side, and he goes spinning through the air and slams into the pillar. Oh, it's yeah. like one of my favorite actions. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so cool. But uh, it's, uh, as far as the actual, like, violent or graphic uh, stuff, I think that it, it's, it's a little, it's a little uh, horrible, but, uh, um, you know, we were just talking about it earlier. The, uh, <laughs> the setup for Dracula is that he's a little bit of a sympathetic villain. We're saying the, uh, that he was wronged something horrible happened with him. He's, he's kind of uh, uh, a little bit justified for uh, uh, being, you know, uh, pissed off. <laughs> just, just a little, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but we, we had to kind of turn that back around. Um, and the, uh, um, when the, the night creatures uh, attack uh, uh, Targavista, it's, uh, there's, you know, it, it's not just like there for gore. It's there to kind of turn that around for the audience. Uh, at, at first, it's maybe a little bit satisfying, and then you start seeing these, uh, uh, you know, this dead kid in the, on the ground, and you see uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, all these people torn to shreds, and you're like, oh, no, this is kind of horrible. Mm -hmm. So to me, it, that's just because it's so important, uh, those, uh, those, that scene, uh, as far as the uh, graphic content, um, is, uh, I think, probably my favorite just because it is, uh, uh, it's also, uh, it's a very important story moment. Yeah, it's actually my, my favorite as well because first they showed, like, the crib and I was like, oh, it's bloody. Like, obviously the baby's dead. But then they should, later on they showed the night creature and I was like, oh, man, like, in the mouth. I was like, dude. <laughs> I was like, that's pretty messed up. But I, that, was, that was a great, that was a great scene. It's just a messed up scene. You know, you know what thing I actually like is the, the scene where um, after uh, Trevor defeats the Cyclops and the people who were turned to statue who were, like, you know, who after, when they're in their statue stage, they're, they're damaged. So, like, one guy had his head cut off and then, like, some other body parts were in pieces. So when they started to revert back to being human again, 
they were still in pieces and that's when like the blood and stuff started squirting out yeah. and it just made me think of like like medusa like what happened to her victims when she when she was turned to stone like did they become human again so it was kind of interesting the way you played out on that <laughs> yeah that, that was a that was a, a discussion that we had because uh you know that was uh set up in the script but we, we never uh uh, there wasn't anything in the script about them reverting back. We just like asked the question at one point. We're like, "What? What happens to everyone else if Sypha turns back?" Well, I guess uh, <laughs> we're gonna have a bunch of uh, mushy uh, uh, dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> yeah, that was great. So, how do you feel about this debate about the series being called an American anime versus a cartoon? Do you feel like there? This is an actual debate or just something you just brush off and be like, well, this is just my project and I don't care what anybody else says. <laughs> uh, you know, honestly speaking, when going into the project, uh, uh, I didn't really, I didn't think about or consider, uh, you know, whether uh, or not it was anime or uh, whether or not, uh, um, or any of that stuff. Uh, going in, the uh, uh, the idea was just to make the series in the best way that we knew how <laughs> and uh, um, the obvious approach was to uh, take inspiration from um, obviously the video game series but from uh, the art of Ayami Kojima and some of the other artwork that's been done in the past for uh, the Castlevania series um, so it, it there was an obvious uh, connection to uh, the art style of anime already uh, uh, right there um, but it, it wasn't like um, we were thinking to ourselves, like, uh, um, well, is it an anime or is it not? It was just like, no, what, how do we make this the best way possible? Um, so that was never really a consideration to me until people started to actually bring it up and talk about it when the show came out. Uh, it didn't really come up. Um, so um, I, I kind of leave it up to other people how they want to define it because it's um, the term anime is, is used differently, it seems, uh, for everyone. There's... Obviously, uh, uh, folks who uh, feel that it is um, something that is made and produced in Japan. Uh, there's folks that feel that it's a style, and then there's, uh, um, you know, in other countries it's different. In Japan, they just use the term for anything that's animated. So uh, it's it's kind of a loose term has a has a lot of different meanings, and I just kind of leave it to other people how they want to uh, uh, end up defining it. And uh, at the end of the day, I want to make very possible. Awesome. Very good, smart man. All right. All right. So it seems like uh, in in the show that corruption in the church is constant theme within the the series. Um, what is your favorite? Uh, wait, I'm trying to jump around here. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you tell us why this is important in Castlevania? The corruption within the church system. I'm sorry, you broke up a little bit there. Sorry. Uh, so in in the in the series, the church, it seems like it's a corrupted entity within the Castlevania storyline. Why do you feel that that's important to have in there? Uh, the uh, the church? Yes, the, the corruption, corruption church. Yeah, um, well, it, you know, that was an element that was uh, kind of built in, uh, again, uh, to the original games. You look back on uh, the fact that Trevor was excommunicated by the church. Uh, Dracula was, uh, his wife was burned at the stake by the church. And uh, how these, uh, uh, both of these characters were uh, already uh, our protagonist and uh, the uh, uh, the villain were both uh, 
uh, directly affected by the same source. And that was a, a pretty obvious way to uh, that that tied the characters together and their motivations and uh, how that affected uh, uh, both of them. And um, you have both of them in some ways uh, mirroring each other, but taking a different approach uh, to how they decide uh, uh, to to do things. And um, I think that um, having that and it it happening to be uh, the church was important for uh, just the uh, uh, the thematics of uh, our main character versus the uh, uh, versus Dracula in that case. Um, and then tying that into the other characters, uh, uh, obviously, as well. So I, I just think that um, because it was already built into the, uh, uh, the story of the games and also how it affects those, uh, both of those characters, uh, that was an important element to try and focus on and uh, um, you know, have something to, to work with and, and have something to say about. I mean, the, um, uh, having the theme of uh, the corruption of power and uh, uh, manipulating uh, the masses and all that uh, was, you know, that was, I think, uh, uh, important at any time, and uh, it, it's definitely important now. So um, I think that that's also an element that we wanted to make sure we were, uh, we were really uh, handling well and uh, uh, bringing, bringing forward. Um, but uh, it, it, is, it is mainly just the fact that uh, we have these uh, characters that are all affected uh, in some way by the uh, by that same corruption, that same uh, uh, force uh, affecting and uh, manipulating people. Awesome. So, other than obviously the Castlevania games, what other what other things have inspired you? I guess in making this series, like, is, did you take inspiration from anything else other than the actual games? Oh yeah, um, I mean. For example, when designing the characters, uh, obviously we're taking uh, uh, some cues from Ayami Kojima's art from uh, the Castlevania games, but we were also uh, uh, wanting to make sure that we could uh, design characters that would be uh, that would work well well with a Warren Ellis script. I mean, Warren obviously uh, has a, characters cracking jokes a lot of time. They're very expressive. They emote a lot, and uh, we wanted to make sure that the art style was going to support that. And, uh, um, you know, I'm, I'm a big anime fan, so obviously I look at uh, uh, existing uh, anime material, and, uh, uh, you know, the Cowboy Bebop movie did a really, nice. uh, <laughs> really great job of having these great, real, semi-realistic, expressive characters. Satoshi Kon movies are really fantastic about that. Um, looking at the, uh, uh, the Berserk manga, I mean, nice. the... The recent anime hasn't turned out perfect, uh, not gonna lie. <laughs> but uh, the the manga uh, it was a uh, you know a pretty a pretty huge inspiration uh, uh, to me as well. It's just it's another uh, dark fantasy series that uh, goes very very dark. So I couldn't help but to uh, pull some inspiration uh, from that as well. So um, all of that was uh, uh, something that you know. Uh, directly inspired uh, uh, us. Um, you know, we're also, you know, we just love uh, uh, film and other media. So uh, I really love to uh, uh, study cinematography from uh, films and uh, just kind of look at uh, shot dynamics and uh, how uh, those play out and draw inspiration from those things. So, uh, um, you know, this is 
you can you can take inspiration from uh, all sorts of different places, not just uh, in the animation world or uh, etc. Awesome! I was watching uh, Berserk today, the, the third movie. Yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Which is on Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the third one did a, a a pretty nice job. They uh, um, I, I love how those are directed. I think that those yeah. films were uh, handled really well. It was mostly the series that kind of came after that was a bit disappointing. <laughs> uh, yeah, because I think. Part of it is like the cell shading that they decided to go with right on the new series. I mean, I still watch the new series, but it's weird to watch like cell shaded anime. It just doesn't, it's not aesthetically pleasing to me. There you go. Yeah, I, I think that part of it is that it's not necessarily executed uh, super well, um, but there's, there's some choices with the direction sometimes that are a little bit strange. And the fact that they cut out a lot of material from the manga, me as a fan, I was, I was a little bit bothered by that. I, got, I went a little bit nerd mode on that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it sounds like you're you're a fellow nerd and geek. Uh, have you ever been to any of the like anime expos or the comic cons? Oh yeah, uh, especially recently, uh, uh, they've uh, uh, had me come out for a few uh, uh, panels and stuff like that. Uh, I just uh, recently came back from the new Crunchyroll Expo oh, yeah, uh, that they had, <laughs> and uh, that was that was fun. That was a good time. Uh, had a couple panels out there and uh, uh, did some autograph signing and whatnot and. Uh, been San Diego Comic Con uh, just before that, so I've been I've been hopping around a little bit. <laughs> busy man. Uh, real quick, so how many episodes do you are we going to be getting for season two? Because you know the fans loved season one, but the only complaint was <laughs> four episodes was not enough. <laughs> so season two will be eight episodes. All right. Oh, double down. Get- like so we're we're doubling the order on season two. Awesome, awesome. May may not be uh, uh, you know twenty six or something like that, like <laughs> folks may may hope, but uh, we, we're uh, uh, we think eight's a good number. Very good, very good. I have a quick question for you. Uh, so in in Castlevania, Dracula's wife is burnt at the at the stake. Um, uh, would if your wife was burnt at the stake, would you release a horde of demons to seek <laughs> your revenge? <laughs> well, I mean. um, I don't know if I have the ability to do so. Number one, <laughs> but would you? I, it, it might cross my mind. I don't know. <laughs> Not that I don't think I'm that mean, <laughs> especially now that I've. I've watched the uh, uh, you know the other characters be like, no, that's a bad idea. I might be like, ah, you're right. <laughs> So you're also an animator as well as the director. Was it like tough to try to juggle both jobs on this project? Well, um, I, uh, I, you know, admittedly, I didn't get to animate a whole lot on the show. I got to do, uh, you know, a, a good number of uh, cuts doing keys, and I did a lot of, uh, uh, especially a lot of uh, um, edits and drawovers and stuff like that, but. Um, I have had to juggle and wear a lot of hats on the show. I've, I'm the uh, uh, I'm the director, but I've also had to take up uh, the mantle of being the the uh, chief character designer for the show as well, just because the uh, style was very uh, particular. Uh, well, I've been very particular about making sure we got uh, uh, the style the way that um, you know we we really felt like it should be. So I ended up having to take on the role of the uh, character designer, and um, I have uh, done. A good bit of uh, uh, animation and drawovers and uh, and all that kind of stuff. Um, the uh, our process is uh, you know we we do 
uh, a lot of uh, uh, key animation for important scenes in-house, but we also work with a uh, studio out in Korea, uh, MUA Film. Hmm. And um, other uh, uh, studios, they'll send their work out to, to uh, uh, an overseas studio and get it back, and that's kind of just what they get, and that's the end of it. Uh, but what we got back, we generally did uh, quite a bit of work with. Uh, so we uh, did a lot of post-production work on everything. We reanimated uh, elements, we reanimated effects, and did a lot of model fixes. Uh, so I uh, I went back and did a, a check, and I did uh, uh, in in post. <laughs> I've made edits to or reanimated uh, about 250 shots. Damn. Uh, everything, all edits to, to uh, redoing the shot. So uh, I was very involved with uh, every every part of the process. And I also have to give uh, massive uh, props out to uh, our animation director, Spencer Wan, who did uh, pretty much everything everyone jumped out of their seat for with uh, <laughs> the Cyclops fight and uh, uh, Alucard fight. And then uh, 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 assistant director and compositing director, uh, Adam Dietz, uh, my brother, <laughs> oh, no, no, no. <laughs> uh, made sure that thing, uh, color and lighting and effects-wise, uh, uh, was spot on. And uh, if, you, if you saw the before and after for the shots that uh, he touched and the work that he did on those, uh, you, would, you wouldn't believe it. <laughs> wow. So is this your first really big project? Because uh, we tried to look up your IMDb page, and this is pretty much all that comes up. Oh uh, well, my IMDb is pretty uh, uh, pretty light for sure. I, I I haven't really paid attention to it, but uh, my experience has mostly been in video games up until now. Oh, so, uh, uh, I've okay. been working at Power for eleven years now, and um, we uh, I've done a whole bunch of different projects uh, uh, as an animator and then um, as a, a director later on, uh, and usually animating as well. But uh, the focus has mostly been doing uh, cutscenes for video games, mm-hmm. doing uh, promotional material for video games and whatnot. So uh, I uh, worked on cutscenes for Darksiders 2, for oh, nice. the Epic Mickey games, for DC Universe Online, for uh, uh, Banner Saga, and uh, uh, Battle Chasers opening sequence that just uh, uh, recently went out, and uh, uh, all of that, all that stuff. And I, I've been doing this. Uh, that kind of worked for a long time. And um, I think that because of uh, uh, my background in um, action animation and in doing uh, work for video games and doing stuff for a little bit more adult-skewed uh, content, the, uh, uh, that was what kind of interested the producers uh, in my ability to take on uh, something like Castlevania. And I guess it worked out. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this is uh, it's been obviously awesome for your first like this type of work. You know, I mean, obviously yeah. you had similar type of work before, but I mean, you knocked it out of the park, man. That's congratulations. <laughs> yeah, um, we're praying that you make the leap to live action because we need someone to save the transition from video games to live action movies. <laughs> so we are, we were definitely campaigning for you to. Either either you take this project or any other video game project that you like, but we need that to happen. <laughs> and done correctly. <laughs> I'm I'm definitely hoping so. I mean, um, it's a it's definitely a, a weird thing making that kind of adaptation, knowing the uh, the history of it. Um, and uh, uh, I'm I'm hoping that it's going to start happening a little bit more often. Uh, hope 
Hopefully. Well, somebody had to <laughs> and break maybe the not in a bad way. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. Not, not everybody can do an Uwe Boll and screw everything. So. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> my God. Uh, um, <laughs> Dr. Uwe Boll. Well, Sam, <laughs> Sam, this was an awesome time with you, man. We are such huge fans of this series. We're excited about eight new episodes coming. When is it coming? <laughs> Guess they can't tell us. <laughs> maybe 2018, hopefully, with fingers crossed. Oh, uh, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh, um, it will be uh, 2018, yes. Awesome. That's when, when awesome. these uh, next come out. I can't say uh, uh, when exactly. That's but all right. That's working very hard, literally around the clock. <laughs> uh, Netflix snipers on you. <laughs> yeah. Well, we appreciate it. Where can people find you in uh, the social media world? Uh, well, I'm I'm up on uh, Twitter and Tumblr, and uh, hell, I've even got a Deviant Art still. But uh, you can see me making rambling posts, uh, being excited about the new Metroid <laughs> coming out tomorrow and shit like that. Oh, yeah. Twitter, so that's Finally, a pretty good place to look. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and is it, what's your handle, if if you don't mind putting that out there? Oh, uh, um, <laughs> geez, uh, oh. at Samuel D. It's okay. all one word. All right. Thank you. I so- couldn't remember if it was Mr. Samuel Deep, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel or Sam. <laughs> Thank you so much for coming on with us. We appreciate you. Good luck and uh, keep uh, pumping out awesome content like more Castlevania. All right. Well, thank you very, very much. It was nice chatting with y'all. Yeah. Thank, thank you. Thanks, man. Bye. Take care. Peace. See ya.